1: Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer Gabrielle Tayak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. And
2: welcome to The Glow Show. I'm Will, and I'm once again, as always, joined by Gabby. How are you today, Gabby? I'm great, because these microphones are smelling really good. I know, these do smell wonderful. They smell like gum trees. They do. That's weird, isn't it? What's happened? I know. How was your weekend?
0: Really good. Really, really good? Can't tell you what I did.
2: I can't tell you what I did either. I forgot.
0: It's just not allowed to. It's private stuff.
2: (laughs) It's private stuff. And uh, for the start of The Glow Show, we're joined by one of the big mans himself, Dylan Joel, how are you?
3: Hello, it's exciting to be back on The Glow Show. I used to host it back in the day when it was a podcast every yeah. every few episodes. It's nice to be back. Well,
0: if we are back next, Grid, mm-hmm. maybe we'll get you back into... Maybe Will wants to share it a li- around a little bit.
3: Oh, Will does such a good job. <laughs> he does, he does.
0: <laughs> and he probably doesn't want to share, but maybe just one.
3: Oh, we've got to at least give him one to do. Yeah. Choose good. your own topic. Oh, that, well, there's so many areas of policing you can cover.
0: I know, but what haven't we spoken about that you'd want to hear about? That's oh, a big question.
3: I'd, just, I'd have to rack my brain.
0: Yeah, well, maybe get back to us and tell us.
3: Yeah, maybe what to do, some hypotheticals. Yeah, some a, hypothetical. a hypothetical show. Yeah, about what to do if someone approaches you with something. I had an interesting uh, interesting tidbit of like what to do if things are legal or not. Some like knowing the law behind someone approaching me at a concert asking me to buy them alcohol if they're underage. Uh-huh.
0: Just don't do it.
3: Yeah, I, that's what I thought. But then, <laughs> do you have to? Do you have to go any further? Do you have to do this? I was just like, I need a little, I need a little Gabby on my shoulder to tell okay. me what I d- to do.
0: Do you want me to answer now, or will we leave it for later?
3: Oh, I'll answer maybe now. now.
0: Well, I mean, if they're with adults, I would probably have a chat with them to say no, and why would you want to buy it, and and also maybe give them a warning that you're asking a stranger to buy you things and if they're able to provide alcohol, I don't know how they sell it at concerts or wherever you were, but I mean if it's coming back to you in an open uh, cup or a bottle, then that gives someone the opportunity to – add to spike it so i would certainly make sure you give them that warning certainly don't buy them anything you might not want to go tell their parents but have a word with them and say if i see you going off to do it and and that you've got alcohol i will tell your parents but they're probably not there with their parents no Uh, maybe yeah i would i would advise having a chat with them maybe keep an eye on them because if they do start drinking perhaps tell security i just
3: need you on speed dial
0: Well, you kind of have me, but I don't like being called when I'm off duty. Oh, okay. You know that. What sort of
3: penalty can you cop if
2: you're buying alcohol for minors?
0: I don't know what the offense is. It's probably something like purchasing alcohol for a minor. (laughs) 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 Um, I would assume it would be a penalty notice, a fine rather than a charge, because it would be a a summary offence. It's not one of the most heinous offences that you can commit, but it certainly is an offence.
3: Would the minor themselves get in trouble as well?
0: Yeah, they would. Uh, They might. I, I still don't think they would get any penalty at all, but it would probably, if that was brought to me as a police officer, I would have a word with them and then possibly have a word with their parents. It would just depend on the situation. But you've got to make sure that they're aware of the consequences and there's a reason why... There's the age limit for consuming alcohol at 18. I mean, obviously, other countries have different age limits and possibly that's something that, we, that should be considered here or not. I don't know whether it changes any um, behaviours or any consequences of behaviours. But, um, yeah, I would certainly be having a chat with them at the very least.
2: No, fascinating months. The GLOW show is absolutely fantastic, <laughs> yeah. full of information it and experiences and so on and so forth. We have been talking a little bit about if you need a, a GLOW officer, uh, if you have an incident with the Victorian police or you have an incident uh, out there for yourself and you want to contact a GLOW officer. Gabby, we have a lot of listeners. Uh, the the show is becoming reasonably uh, popular. Um, we've had some people contact Joy Mm -hmm. Uh, for some information and unfortunately joy cannot handle police matters so uh, if you if you have um want to say something about our show and all that once again you can contact joy contact the glow show at joy.org.au we'd love to hear what you have to say about our show but if you have a police matter we can't handle that here you need to contact the victorian police so how do we do that gabby
0: Yeah, always in an emergency, you contact triple zero because emergency means you want police to attend immediately. So triple zero is the way to go about that. If it's not an emergency and you're just wanting to report something that's already happened and you don't need an immediate response, you just go into your local police station or ring up your local police station and all the phone numbers and contact details are online and You can also get a list of glows around the state online. So you just go onto Victoria Police website and type in G-L-L-O or one of the keywords gay, lesbian, something like that. And we'll come up with a current list of where all the glows are. So the glows are... Around to be a contact point for the LGBTI community who may have a number of different barriers as to why they not may not want to speak to police or contact police, um, and so the glows are basically there to be that contact point.
3: Can you request a glow if you're calling up in in an emergency, or is it just whoever's there? You
0: certainly can request a glow, but we don't advise it. I mean, you you can request them, but the likelihood of one being there, we've got 300 around the state, which is a great. A big number, which we didn't have a few years ago. Certainly not that many, but given we've got a, a police force of um, sixteen thousand members who are patrol members um, and working and, and available, looking for three hundred people in amongst sixteen thousand, it's highly likely you're not going to find one that's actually working in your area at the time.
3: Are the three hundred people spread out? Like, are mm. they are they in the city? Are they in the country? Are they?
0: all over the place. We're trying to make sure that we've got more glows in regional and rural areas because we know that living in those areas, they often have less access to services and may feel more vulnerable uh, and more isolated. So we're trying to make sure that there are glows in those police stations in those areas. If you don't have one, always ring up your local police station and say, hey, is there a glow there? Or look online and see if there's a glow at your station. If there isn't one, you can always contact us Um, and say, hey, I live in this area, we don't have a GLOW, can you help me get one in that station? We're certainly happy to help you.
2: And it's also beautiful to know as well that they're not just in the police station, but they're also GLOWs within various police departments as well. So Mm -hmm. it's uh, not just a frontline initiative, it's uh, all across the board.
0: Yeah, so we have PSOs, so Protective Service Officers who are on the train stations who are GLOWs. We've got GLOWs within our custody officers, GLOWs who are unsworn members. They're all over the place.
2: Tremendous. Anyway, thanks for dropping by, Dylan. We happen to lash you and get you into the studio quickly for a quick g'day. Lovely to see you again.
3: And thank you for solving my query.
0: (laughs) We'll bring back some more and I hopefully have better answers for you. I wasn't prepared. I like being prepared. Keep me on my toes. But one last thing before we go. I had the most amazing lunch today.
2: Oh, yes. Downstairs, the dumplings. Beautiful.
0: Cheeseburger. Dumpling, a dumpling that tastes exactly like a cheeseburger.
3: Ooh. You've got to try it. I think that sounds like a crime, to be honest. A it's good
0: crime.
2: crime.
3: Oh, man. <laughs> that would drive me to
2: crime. That was sensational. Got to try it. Anyway, listen to The Glow Show
1: 94.9. Missed an episode or want to hear this one again? Our Glow Show podcast is published immediately after the program goes to air. Nice, huh? Head to joy.org.au forward slash The Glow Show or subscribe to the program on iTunes so you never miss an episode.
2: Welcome back to The Glow Show. I'm here with Gab. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Gabby, we um, had the uh, Weddle Wellington people in. We talked yes. about some of the laws and that on sex and the and premises.
0: Al- and also one of the detectives from our SOCKET unit, yep. sex- Sexual sense Child Investigation Team. Child abuse investigation team.
2: Quite an interesting topic. Um, Yeah. Yeah, look, tough things to talk about, um, but very informative for the community at large, which is really good. And tonight we have someone, sort of a similar sort of thing. Um, Great information. Who we got in this evening?
0: We've got Donovan Pill Mm -hmm. from Sakaza, and I'll let you know what that is. That's a Southeast Centre Against Sexual Assault. Welcome, Donovan.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me in tonight. Welcome. Now, Donovan, what... um, First of all, tell me a little bit about yourself. What got you involved in Ah, uh, Sure. Um, so I'm employed
4: there as one of the counsellors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I've been doing that, I've been involved in counselling as a social worker for nearly 20 years. But um, yeah, so it's, yeah, and I guess it started long before that as I guess um, just an interest in sort of wanting to, I don't know, set things to right to some extent and started out, yeah, as a teenager, sort of, you know, involved with a few community activism things and then sort of took off from
2: there, I so guess. explain to me what SACASA is.
4: Yeah, SACASA is, a, in essence, really, we're a counselling agency. Mm-hmm. So we, we offer two main things. One is a, a crisis response. So if there has been a sort of a, a sexual assault quite recently, um, we can help coordinate a crisis response where the uh, the police might attend, uh, hospital staff might attend, and people could organise a what they call a forensic medical examination. Our role in that is really, you know, we would sort of, Coordinate um, the crisis response, mm-hmm. bring in the police. Uh, if the person wants to report to police, maybe help um, bring in the Victorian Institute of Forensic Medicine. They might organize a forensic medical and talk with someone about their options. You know, they, they can report to police. They can get access to, you know, maybe uh, uh, to, to PEP or a morning after pill or a sexual health checkup. And, of course, counselling. So we would sort of be involved in coordinating that in the crisis care unit. But then we also offer counselling, I guess, in the follow-up from that, but also for people that might have experienced sexual assault maybe some years ago or maybe even early in life in childhood or as a teenager. So
2: it might have been some time. You're there for long term as well, as as well as immediate. Absolutely. So when somebody um, experiences a a sexual assault, Mm. I imagine it's quite natural they would go to the police first is that uh, common always. or will they go to Sakaza first?
0: Well, I guess that's why we've got Donovan in, because yep. I think people who are victims of sexual assault, whether it be recent or historical, often don't think of other services. They only think, I'm a victim, I need to report to police or I don't want to speak to police. And that's the end of their yep. thought process. But while we have Donovan in here today, he's from one of the services that don't have to involve police. Because if you're a victim, we want to make sure that you're getting the right care um, you need counselling. You need people to to talk to to get through the the um, the drama and the experience, which is very terrible. So the reason Donovan's here today, he, he, we want him to let people know there are services available. You don't have to involve police, and if people are aware of that, they'd be more likely to go to receive counselling and receive this type of care. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking um it would be very natural for someone when they're assaulted that they would naturally go to the police first but then mm. you know they would they would have a, a little bit of reservation as yeah. reality sets in so then they would then uh go suggest they go to Sakaza or well, to The Police
0: would refer people on to. And sorry. then
2: they're better edit, better di- edit, better in a position to manage the whole process on the mm, But we of know the so many people
0: don't report to police. Wow. And so that's the importance of letting them know there are other services where you don't have to have any contact with police whatsoever.
4: I think for a lot of people, it's it's one of the questions that comes up in their mind mm-hmm. early on. But I think, you know, as Gabby's saying, there's a lot of um, anxiety, uncertainty around whether they actually want to do that or, or what's involved, you know, like how do I actually do that? So what we often said is a good first port of call is people often call the sexual assault crisis line, which is a statewide number, which I have here, um, but... Yeah, um, they'll call that and then, you know, the person that answers that will talk it through with them. And they could, if the person's clear that they want to contact the police, uh, that person will call, will ring the local socket, find out who's on and arrange to meet them at the local crisis care unit. But equally, if they don't want to involve police, they'll still arrange for the, the on-call CASA worker to meet them down at the unit.
0: And Donovan, is it right that you can take forensic samples?
4: You you can. the The... the it run, this is where it gets a little complicated because at Sakaza we um, had a, some funding for a pilot project for what's been called Just-In-Case Medicals. So there's a limited window to collect forensic evidence. Mm. Um, and some people, you know, at the, initially you had to sort of decide whether you wanted to report or not before they would go down the road of taking forensic evidence. But it's, you know, in that moment, it's a hard decision to make. People are often quite unsure. They're in a state of shock and distress.
0: Mm. And it's quite intrusive.
4: It, it can, can be very intrusive, yeah. And um, this pilot for the Just In Case Medical was an idea that said, look, what if we had some funding to, if, for anyone who was unsure, let's collect the samples now and then they can be stored in a in a a way that preserves the evidence um, for up to I think it's three months, um, and then that buys a bit of time. So it's been a trial, a trial sort of project. That's um, but it's only been run through Sakaza, so it's not statewide. Okay. So, unfortunately, that it may get rolled out statewide, but we're we're not sure at the moment. Time would be of the essence too when you're talking about samples. Is there be a bit mm. lot of truth to that? There is truth to that. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the nature of the assault and and, and and that sort of thing. And there's different time frames for that stuff. But yeah, you know, the sooner the better for an evidence point of view. And then I guess you know our other focus is how you're coping and what do you need for your own well-being point of view. But yeah
0: yeah so there's two sides of looking at it. for the police, obviously, we want to make sure that person is getting counselling and is being looked after for their welfare. but for evidence we we do need those samples however if if they're not taken or you're reporting after the fact and there's definitely you can't receive get any samples, um the evidence side of the investigation is gone. But we can take statements from people yourself, the first person you reported to. So without any of that physical evidence, doesn't mean that you can't report to police and that there's nothing that we can follow up with. Hmm. We still can. I think
4: it's an important point that Gabby as well, you know. And I think you know, even if there is that evidence, it isn't the end of the story either, you know. So it's absolutely not. You know, it's um, yeah. it, it I know it's it's a it's a big question. It's an invasive process, but you know, a lot of people are just not in a position they feel they can go through that, and that's absolutely fine.
0: You're with Will and Gabby, and we are talking to Donovan Pill from SACASA, South East Centre Against Sexual Assault. So, Donovan, I was... Wanting to walk through the process, if you're a victim of a sexual assault and you decide you want to speak to someone about it, and they contacted Sakaza, what would happen? What should they expect?
4: Sure, I mean Sakaza covers the southeastern uh, part of Melbourne, so we're you know basically from uh, Port Melbourne down out to Hastings and up in through Cranbourne, so that sort of region. But wherever you live in Victoria, you're covered by a Kaza. It might have a different name because some of the regionals have got. Completely different names these days, but they are, in essence, a CASA. Mm -hmm. So if you want to access counselling, so the easiest things to do is to call a sexual assault crisis line. So you call them on 1-800-806-292. So that's 1-800-806-292. If you call them, they're open effectively after hours. Um, but if you call them during business hours, it'll get transferred through to your local CASA. Now, it might come to us, depending what the phones are doing that day or where it thinks you're calling from, but we'll help you get in touch with your local CASA. And from there, you'd speak to one of our duty workers who'd probably take a bit of initial information, maybe find out a little bit about what's, what you know, what you're seeking to access counselling about, what's happened to you. You're not required to provide tremendous amounts of detail at that point, but just some initial background information, and then, you know, you would be allocated to uh, a, a counsellor in your local area, sort of, that's most convenient, and you sort of set about the process of counselling from there.
2: So depending this would, on, depending on the situation, you'd also be allocating some um, access to medical care as well. Yes, if you you know if it's a recent assault, we'd certainly be dealing with all that
4: stuff sort of mm-hmm. through the crisis response. Yeah, you know, and asking some questions about how your medical care is going, how your safety is right now. It might be someone who's assaulted you who you are in ongoing contact with. You know, so we'd want to establish your safety and your immediate needs. You know, before progressing to counseling absolutely
0: and so does the counseling then progress into face-to-face counseling
4: yeah that's that's the, the essentially what it is you know in face you'd meet up in person to um, sit down with the counselor we, we don't at this stage have a lot of options for a sort of online based counseling or phone-based counseling we're still a bit old school in that sort of face-to-face way but it is nice to have that connection sometimes I, I think if you're regionally and you and you're experiencing a bit of difficulty accessing a service. You know, there's some
2: capacity for outreach and things, but it's something you could certainly discuss with a duty worker. Yeah, it begs the question too. I mean, you're dealing with something as serious as sexual assault. uh, One-on-one is probably the best thing in the world, but then when you do mention that people are in remote areas too, then, yeah, emergency or access to other communications may have to be considered another option. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When we think of sexual assault, most people think about male assaulting a female, but that's not always the case. So if you were a male who was a victim of uh, a sexual assault of, of another male or perhaps a male being assaulted by a female or a female being assaulted by another female, can you provide services for that kind of scenario?
4: Yes, absolutely, yeah, and it, and it comes down. You know, we really do our best to try and ensure that people are comfortable with the person that they're working with, and you know, for whatever reason, be it you know the, I mean, sometimes it's simple as they just don't like the look of you because you're they remind you of someone they don't fancy very mm. much or something, you know. But um, yeah, no, absolutely, and it's and I would always encourage people just to sort of you know be as open about that as, at the initial contact as they can or as they feel they can. You know, we can we effectively sexual assault you know is a, is a is a crime of sort of you know uh power and control over somebody else, and there's sort of you know sex is sort of the vehicle for that so you know there's a lot of commonality between things, but there are some important differences so we you know we can certainly accommodate for all of that stuff
2: I think the big golden question is and it's um probably very hard to get this with statistics by the nature of it is that do you think um People of same-sex assault are less likely to come forward than normal... Uh, heterosexual or sexual assault. Yeah. Is that a very real fact? And do you have statistics to As you say, that?
4: Uh, not statistics to hand. Anecdotally, you yeah. know, it's another layer, isn't it? You know, yeah. I think it's an, often another barrier that people sort of feel this uh, fear of uh, being judged or and I would say even sometimes fear of not recognising. Mm. I, I hope that comes out okay, but sometimes people say, yeah, that's true. what Break happened throat. to me, does that count? You know, I felt I didn't feel right about it. That didn't feel okay to me, but am I supposed to be okay with it? Do I, should I really even approach a sexual assault centre? or should i approach mm. police you know and, and i think if you're having those questions i would say it probably is worth approaching and just having a chat you, you can be anonymous you can be informal so i guess it's a couple of barriers and will i be believed will i be judged
2: you know so that so makes it I hard find to. these are some of the, some of the questions that same sex assault people are having at the moment it's like the similar things like that, those yeah. sort of questions. Yeah I, I, yeah, I think it does present that extra barrier for a lot of people. Yeah.
0: Well, when we were speaking to um, the detective from Socket a few mm. weeks ago, um, we were talking about consent. So if you haven't heard that episode, make sure you go back and listen to the, the podcast of that show. Exactly. Um, but it, it really does come down to consent. So no matter what sex you are and or gender you are and what the gender of the person who you were, had that... Um, occurrence with um, if you if at any time you have decided I don't want to do this then that becomes a sexual assault. So mm-hmm. doesn't matter who it was, doesn't matter who you are, if that's happened to you you could be a victim of sexual assault. So you certainly can contact a GLOW or the police or a person from any of the CASAs or sexual assault centres and just ask a question that doesn't hurt to ask um, if you're unsure. And if you are then a victim of sexual assault, then we can go through the process of, okay, well, these are the th- these are the things that you can do and these are your options. Absolutely. No, a very real thing.
2: Now, uh, the CASA units, uh, what other... Functions? Do you do apart from sexual assault? Do you do other services as well? Some some of us, um, like Southeast
4: Sakasa, has some funding to help people who've been in sort of domestic violence, family violence. Mm-hmm. So we can support with that. Um, it's tricky because it's that's not necessarily the same across the entire state. Yes. So um, again, if you're going through the central uh, central a crisis line number, they'll they'll help you with that. Or if you're calling during business hours and it comes to us, we'll we'll help out with that as where we can. Um, but that is predominantly our stuff. We, we do a bit of stuff outside as well, preventative work. We do some programs in schools around what does consent look like, you know, um, as well as.
0: Well, that's how I met you. That's right, no, as we, well as other trainings. We were doing right. presentations at um, Thorn Harbour Health to the volunteers who go out into the sex-on-premises venues and, and talk about how to report sexual assaults and, and what's how to be safe when you're having sex. So mm. that's how we met doing that that's presentation right. to those volunteers, which was great.
2: No, it's it's fantastic work you do. You, know, you need to be really proud of uh, the work that you do do. Um, my community thanks you for the support and the love that you give us. We love and support you back. Um, now, if I need to contact... Casa, casa Sure. What's some one that run again over the numbers or yeah. websites you've Look,
4: got? Ra- rather than sort of bombard you with numbers, I thought i will just go for the start off with the, the sexual assault crisis line. It's statewide. Yeah. It's a free call. It's 1-800-806-292, 1-800-806-292. It's an after hour service, but if you call during the day, it'll bounce through to us or your nearest casa, so someone will be there to take your call. Tremendous.
0: And if you want to speak to police, ring your local police station, contact your local GLOW and you can find us on the Victoria Victoria Police website under GLLO, but always in an emergency triple zero.
2: Excellent. And all those numbers will be on uh, the information on our podcast which you can download and listen to. And if you haven't subscribed already, you must do it. Donovan from Sakaza, thank you very much for joining us on the GLOW show. We'd love to have you back again another night. It's been brilliant. Gabby, we must go. See you next week, Will. Oh, good night.
1: That's it from us today. Thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy. Tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes. So if you missed anything important, you can hear it again now. Please support the volunteers who make the Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media. The Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tayak and edited weekly by me, Jason Gibbs. See you next time on Joy.